All right, the puzzle piece, I'll shut up, and well, actually I won't shut up, but I'll, I'll get, get focused here. The puzzle piece, um, the pieces that we're going to look at is, is, one is relational, and the other is redirection. So the, 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 the object that we're going to talk about here, or the, the objective we're going to talk about today in our puzzle pieces is relational redirect, or redirections. So relational redirection. Write that at the top of your paper, whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. Continuing on with these puzzle pieces, what are these puzzle pieces? These are our, our thoughts. These are memories of the disciples. Uh, we, we've passed from um, that, that time where Jesus has, has died and that, that Saturday, which um, was uh, a little bit of we don't know what's going on, to we moved into Sunday last week, and we talked about some events that, that, that went on on that Sunday. Um, last week's puzzle piece was, was, was what? Oh, I love how everybody loves this, or knows this. Revelation, all right? So it was Revelation, and my dad was 100% correct, and it was kind of foggy. Dad, don't, don't, uh, don't get used to it. Are we alive today? Come on. We had some, we, I, yeah, I know, no, because we had some rocking, uh, some rocking worship there, and I, I love, no, I don't love, it's just so, it's so Atwater Cornfield-esque. I came from the bathroom and I hear. <laughs> I'm like, what? I don't know. I mean, can we like get a, 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 a recording of people clapping? You know how they have that the crowd noise? Like, ha! Ah! We need to do that with clapping so we can stay on beat. We'd still jack it all up, right? Anywho. Man, it's, it's always, yeah. If you're on stage, it's your fault. Yeah, if you're in front, it's your fault. We, we got we to gotta accept that. Oh, there, there you go. You won't be up front. We will get something accomplished today. I promise. So, but think about all of these memories. We're thinking about the, the memories of the disciples. We're thinking about things that went on. Now, today, what I want to talk about is the time after. So, Jesus has already uh, risen from the dead. And, and what we're going to see now is the third appearance of Jesus to his disciples since his rising from the dead. So, if you have a Bible, turn to John chapter 21. In John chapter 21, we're going to see this, this account, and I'm, I'm excited to, to, to look at this because I think this is one of those scriptures that people kind of um, make it say way more than it, than it really uh, is intended to say, and there's, there's a, a surface level um, truth in, in, uh, that we can see that uh, some people are like, well, it can't be that. It's got to be way deeper. So we're, gonna, we're just going to pull back a couple layers here. Um, we're going to talk about um, this, uh, this fishing trip. Uh, how many fishermen do we have in here? <laughs> I want to be. Okay, yeah, all right, all right. How many you actually catch stuff? All right, that's good, that's good. I, that's why I don't like to fish. I don't have the patience to fish. That, and how many of you, like, you, you take your kids fishing, you don't get a fish, all you're doing is taking fish off, or putting worms on, taking fish, yeah? I ain't fishing. That's called, I don't know, slave driving or something. That's just ain't, they ain't fishing. What? It's called baiting, yeah. It is apparent, but it gets annoying because, I mean, I love, I love my kids, but they need to bait their own dang hook or, or have their, their mom do it. Ain't going to happen. Yeah, I know, right? All right, let's, let's talk about this fishing trip, because uh, what we see here is, is uh, the boys um, are, are going fishing. Look at 21, 
chapter 21, verse 1, after this, uh, after what? Well, if you want to look back, it says, it gives us a story about when uh, Jesus appeared to, to Thomas, um, and it, it talks about, like, uh, the, the writer here says, all of these things that are written are written for one purpose, and that is so you can believe um, in Jesus as the Son of God. So I, I love that. This is why I always point people when they ask me, where should I start reading the Bible? Read, start reading in the book of John. Why? Because the book of John is all about pointing people to uh, show and to uh, describe and to communicate Jesus is the Son of God. And in him is eternal life. That's a freebie. So let's, uh, let's go. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. Don't get all jacked up because, well, wait a second, where is the Sea of Tiberias? Same, same sea as the Sea of Galilee, where, where the majority of Jesus' ministry revolved around. Um, it's it just, diff, just a different name. So um, he revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter... So we, we know that Simon Peter is kind of like the, the leader of the pack, right? So Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin. Some of your Bibles might say Thomas uh, called Didymus, which means the twin. Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee. The sons of Zebedee. Anybody, can t- anybody tell me who the sons of Zebedee are? James and John, right? John being the, the John that wrote this book. Well, the, the book that we're in, not the whole Bible. But John that wrote the, the, this book of the Bible. And two other of his disciples were together. Uh, it doesn't say who the two other were. It doesn't really matter. Um, you can put your own conjecture in there. It was probably Andrew and somebody else. I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But what we know is there's seven of them. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. All right? So when he, uh, this is a really cool thing that if you look at, when, when, when Peter um, says, I'm going fishing, what is it that they do? They said, hey, well, we'll go with you. They went out and got in the boat, but that night they caught nothing. So just, just thought about this, or just think about this. My thoughts on this is what, what a lot of people try to impose here is that, G, or that, that, that Peter was going because Jesus wasn't around. Peter was going back to uh, his old way of life. I, I don't think that, that Peter was going back to his old way of life in the sense that he was reverting from the progression which he had back into a bad lifestyle. I think that what we, what we have a tendency of doing is looking too deep into this. And I think that what was right on the surface level is you got a dude that knows how to fish and you got some boys that like to hang out and, and, and things are going really nutso right now, right? Things are crazy. So when things get crazy and as they are here, what, what do you mean they're, they're, they're crazy? Well, there was just um, the, their, their, their leader just got crucified. And not only did he get crucified, he, he rose from the dead. He, he appeared to them. They peed a little bit in their, in, their, in their robes. We know that because they showed up. But they're like, well, what's going on still? So what, what they did is that they needed some time. And I, I like to look at it like this, um, the way in which we would kind of term this. They, they needed to get their head straight, right? They needed to take some time to get straight what it is, everything that was going on. Now, when I say this, we have to look at all of the clues and all of the evidence that is given to us here in Scripture. Because it says, when they went fishing... All, of, all seven of them together to get their heads straight, to kind of uh, wrestle through with what was going on. They didn't go by themselves. They went, they, they went together. I, I'll, I'll stress that in, in a second here. 
But um, they, they, they went together, and they went to do something that they were familiar with doing. So, so don't, please don't be the one to say, well, they were going back to an old lifestyle. No, 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 they weren't. They were doing what you or I would do when things are getting tough. They would revert back to something they know so they can just take a breath. And they can just get the cobwebs out. And they can think straight. Now, as we, as we look at this, we, we notice, as I already uh, alluded to here, is that they, we notice that Peter's not alone. He's not the only one in the boat. Why is this important? Why is it that, that when we, we look in, in at this, this text here, that they stress, that it is stressed that Peter is not alone when they're going out to get things, their, their heads straight? Two things came up when I, when, I'm, when I was looking at this text. Because at the end of the day, if you're not, or if you say you have it, you will at one point or another, um, hit a point in your life where you have to get your head straight. And if you try to get your head straight, you try to deal with everything on your own, things are not going to turn out well for you. What we see here is the, the, a lesson in this is um, don't do it by yourself. If you're going to say, all right, I need to take a step back from, from this and this and life and everything that's going on, I need to step back and I need some, and I hate when people say this, I just need some me time. Yeah, but you understand that the world doesn't revolve around you. When, you. when you need me time, what happens is you put yourself in isolation. And when you put yourself in isolation, you make yourself more vulnerable to the attacks of the devil. I love when we look at, you don't have to turn there, but in Luke chapter 4, it talks about, and also in Matthew as well, about Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. And at the end of the, this, this account in Luke chapter 4, uh, Luke 4, 13, it says that the devil uh, left Jesus uh, for a what? A more opportune time. What happens when we're dealing with stuff and we try to deal with it on our own, in our own type of way? We're isolating ourselves. I love the herd mentality of the African safari, right? The gazelle on the African safari, in the big, every, they're all out there and they're all eating grass and they're all uh, doing life together, whatever gazelles and stuff do. But then the, the predator comes, and what does the predator do? It comes in, exactly, comes in, busts them up, and then looks to see which one's all by themselves and targets that one that's in isolation, that, that's what happens when we try to deal with things on our own. And I think that that's a, what, what was being uh, clearly communicated here because the disciples are dealing with a mess. They're dealing with like, all of this stuff that's going on. But one thing that is, is beautiful here is they're not doing it in their own way, under their own power, and on their own. They're doing it with, he, he's got good company here. I want to talk about the company in a second. But and the second thing I think that we can look at there, here in this text is that um, when, uh, when we do end up dealing with things and, and, and helping clear our minds and see like, okay, how, how can I focus on, on Jesus? You need good sources and you need good counsel. Because it, what we see here is this is not bad counsel and don't seek bad counsel. What is bad counsel? Bad counsel usually, and please, this is, this is a, a, just a, a generalization here. Bad counsel is usually, when you receive it, it's exactly what you wanted to hear. 
Usually when you hear what you want to hear in a tough situation, it's bad counsel. I'm not saying that for everything, but I think that if you, if you are um, in, a, in you know, a community with somebody and, and you say your problems to, if I say my problems to, uh, to Jake and I say my problems to, to Kerr in, in, in separate situations and they tell me like what I wanted to hear, it's probably bad counsel because it, it, does no, it does me no good just to hear the things that this just calms my nerves, Right? I need what is going to help change the situation. Sometimes what we need is that, 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 that person or those people in our lives to say, hey, stupid, do you, do you understand what you just did? Do you understand what needs to take place? We, we can't run and we can't just keep, think that we can put our head in the sand and hide. You've got to deal with this. And, and I think that the, the, the council um, is, is an important aspect here. The Bible tells us that, that bad company, right? Bad company ruins good morals. When you get counsel from bad sources, it takes what, what, what evidence you have of good and it ruins it. Facebook is notorious for this, right? I'm not anti-Facebook. I know. But, I know some of you are. But, I, I think it's notorious because we can, what, we, what happens is people vent and then they hear what they want to hear in return, or, or you have people jumping on the bandwagon and say, well, it's, it's your right to feel that way. And it's your... No, here's the deal. Seek good counsel. When we don't seek good counsel, all you are is a bunch of yahoos on a boat drowning some worms, right? Nothing's going to come out, nothing's going to come of what, what, is, what it is that you're dealing with then. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse. So understand, you don't need to do it on your own. You need to seek good counsel. I love the, the, the naming, and I think that there's importance of why uh, the author here named these men by names that were, who, who were on the boat. Because Peter had good counsel. And, and that's, that's another beautiful story we can say, or we can see. Just because someone's dealing with a situation doesn't mean that they can't speak truth into your life. You don't have to go to some, somebody who has got all of their, their stuff together that is more holier than everybody else to get good counsel. You understand what I'm saying? Because if you, if you think that, y'all are in the wrong place. Because there ain't no one here has got all their, their crap in, row, in a row, Right? They ain't got their, their, their stuff in a line that, that their life is, is, is all hunky-dory. No, there's messes that we deal with, but it's how we deal with those messes. Here, the, the, the way in which we see um, uh, Peter's counsel here, how it was constructed, I, I love that it says that Thomas was there. Wait a second, Thomas was a doubter. He was. He was a doubter. But with Thomas being there, when, when, when Peter's trying to figure things out and when they're trying to figure things out, Thomas was the one who says, wait a second, we don't need to doubt him. He stood in front of us. We, we've seen him with our own eyes. We touched his hands. We saw him eat the filet fish sandwich, right? We saw this. So, so I, I love this because we can see that, that of these men, Thomas is going to be the one, as soon as somebody starts to, to doubt Thomas is going to be like, uh-uh, ain't going to go there. I, I made that mistake. I made that mistake, and I'm never going to let anyone in my presence make that mistake again. So the good counsel is this guy's like directing them to, don't doubt, don't doubt, don't doubt, don't doubt. Will doubt creep into our lives at one point or another? Absolutely. 
but we need men and women in our lives that are going to be like Thomas and saying that they will say, no, remember my Lord and my God. He's there. He's real. He, he, he revealed himself to us. The next one I, I, I love is Nathaniel here. Because doing a little uh, um, a background research and everything on, on Nathaniel, we know that Nathaniel's like the analytical one. He's the overly cautious one. So he, which is awesome if you know Peter, because Peter has a tendency uh, of just spouting off at the mouth and going, oh man, I shouldn't have said that, right? Tries to get all the toothpaste back into, inside the tube. He's the dude that, 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 that wielded the sword and cut the guy's ear off, right? And Jesus is like, uh-uh, nope, shouldn't have done that. So with, with Nathaniel around, it's kind of like having Daniel around for me, right? Daniel, Kurt and Dan are, are, are good for me in this area. They're the more cautious ones. So when Nathaniel with, with, with Peter, he's like, wait, wait, wait. Peter's like, well, let's go. We need to charge. and We need to go get these Roman soldiers and put Jesus to death. And we need to go and we need to get revenge. Nathaniel's like, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's just think about this. He's a little bit more cool, more, more calm, more collected. He helps, uh, I don't want to say diffuse the situation, but bring the tempo down just a little bit more because what happens when we are running off of our emotions? We do stupid stuff. I, I, I'll speak for all of us, I guess. I know I do stupid stuff when I get all juiced up and, and, and janked up and I, I just, my, 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 my mind and my emotions take over and, like, and I, there's some apologizing I need to do. I think that we need people in our, in our, in our council that are, or like Nathaniel that are going to say, hey, simmer down now, right? Simmer down now. Saturday Night Live, right? Come on now. We remember that. I know this crowd does. Yo, heathens. So we, 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 have to, we need those people to, to put their arm around us and, 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 and help us gain perspective. I love that James was there as well because James was with Peter, James, and John, when they were up on the Mount of Transfiguration. So again, James can speak into the, 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 the situation and say, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't you guys remember when we were up on that mountain and those two dead dudes appeared? And then we heard this voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Don't you remember all of that? We need those people to help people in our, in, our, in our council to remind us of the truth of God and remind us what God said. I, I, I love this because if you, when, when you understand and when you focus in on making sure someone in your council is one who communicates what God said, when you do that, well, wait a second. What do you mean? I, I know what God said. My, my experience is that, 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 that we tend to think we know what God said because we heard someone else say it. Well, you might have heard me say it, or you, maybe you've listened to a, a preacher on the radio, whatever it may be. Well, I heard them say it, but the way in which we know what God said is to investigate and to read it for ourselves. We need people that are in our council to help us understand that it is important to know what God says. Jesus says, teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. How are we supposed to observe all, obey all that God has commanded us? We've got to be able to know what it is. Then you have John that's in this, uh, in, in this, this mess here, in this uh, good council, I should say. 
And John's the one that's going to say, there he is. There's Jesus. Let's go on and we'll see this. Verse 4, just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Why didn't they know? I don't know. Maybe the sun wasn't up far, far enough and they couldn't make out the, 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 the image. Maybe they just saw a silhouette. I don't know. It says, Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, no. He said to them, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Sounds familiar. That happened before, right? So they cast it, and now they were, not, they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, and this is John. He's the disciple who identifies himself as the one who Jesus loved. He, he says, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about 100 yards off. So John is in this group. He's the one that identifies, there's Jesus, that's where we need to go. And I love the response of Peter here. Peter is trying to get things straight in his head, and Jesus reveals himself. And when Jesus reveals himself to them, what is Peter's response? I don't care what it takes, I'm going after him. I'm, throwing, I'm, I'm jumping out of the boat, and I'm going, I'm going to, to, to see and to talk to and be with Jesus. Look, it says, when they got to the land, or when they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place and, and fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. I don't know what the significance of 153 is. Everybody's like, well, that must be some kind of code. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of dang fish. Had a lot to choose from. That's all that means. There's nothing, if anybody says, well, it means this. And it, there is nothing. There's nothing there that it, it has any significance other than it was a lot of large fish. And although there were so many, the net was not torn Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. He, he, he invites them to come and have breakfast. They've been toiling all night, and he says he invites them to come. Here, come, set a spell, kick your shoes off. Y'all come back now, here. Now, none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Why? Why didn't they ask him that? They knew it was the Lord. And Jesus came and took bread and gave it to them. And so with the fish... This was now the third time that Jesus revealed, was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. I, 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 love, I love this, this picture here. When, when Peter finds out or, or, or uh, is, is aware that it is Jesus that is there and in understanding that Peter's trying to get his, his head straight, he acts upon Jesus being present. What's the big deal, Lee? Well, I think it's what happens is when we say, I'm going to get my head straight, and what we do is we, some of us will even surround ourselves with good counsel. What happens is when Jesus reveals, when God reveals what it is that we want to do, we're like, hmm, I don't know, I wonder if that's from God. And we kind of contemplate because a lot of times when, when, when things are, are revealed to us from God, it's, it's usually not in line with, with, with our schedule. Well, I can't fit that into my schedule. I'm already too busy. 
Or, well, I can't do that. That's going to be difficult. Well, I can't tell them that because this, what happens is that we try to like bargain with God and we try to fit God into our way of doing things instead of conforming our life to his way of doing things. Peter, is, Peter knows. If you don't know the story of, in the background of Peter, Peter knows that he jacked things up. He denied Christ three times. He said, I don't know that guy. He even said, he even said a few choice um, words to say, I don't know that guy. He made it very clear that, that he didn't want anything to do with Jesus when Jesus was being crucified, when Jesus was being beat. Peter knows that he's standing on that boat and he, he's done some, some crazy stuff. Just like there's somebody in here, all of us at one point or another have done some crazy stuff and we're like, wait a second. Can God really use me of the stuff in which I've done? I know what I've done. We're going to see here that God's not only going to use Peter, he's going to redirect his whole way of thinking. And what we have to understand is Peter didn't waste any time. He knew where he was at. He knew that he jacked things up. And he knew that his way wasn't going to work. It's displayed there because they went back and they tried to go fishing. It didn't work out. Jesus says, hey, go on this side. And he goes on this side and it works. Their way didn't work. Jesus' way, is, his way works. If, if you hear nothing else today, hear that. Your way, even though it looks good and you're like, oh, I like this, that way leads to death. God's way leads to life and life eternal. So we see this in the picture of the boat here, but what we see even further is this interaction. So if you didn't pick up on, on what was going on there, there's a, this, that's where this relational element comes in. Not only a relationship amongst the disciples, but the invitation from the Lord to his disciples. He wanted them to come and eat with him. That's not, that's, I think that we lose value in that today. When we look at, hey, you want to come over and have dinner? We want, to, we want to help, you know, maybe we want to hang out with somebody. But when you invite someone to eat at this time, it had way more significance. He's saying, man, not only do you come in, I'm inviting you to eat with me. I, I, I'm saying I want a relationship with you. And I love that it's around the fire because he's saying, let's rekindle our relationship. I, I know every single one of those disciples, they all ran. And Jesus is saying, hey, come eat. I'm not worried about that right now. Let's, let's just come eat. Let's rekindle this. Look what happens with Peter. He pulls Peter and he... Uh, and some think what he, maybe he pulled Peter aside. Maybe they went for a walk. I, I don't know. I think that this is still happening in the vicinity of the disciples. He says here in verse 15, when they had finished breakfast, and I love that Jesus like, hey, get your bellies full and then I'm going to talk to you. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now, what we're going to see here is Jesus is going to ask him three times if he loves, uh, if he loves him. John's going to respond three times that he loves him. One of the, the, the things that, that a lot of people try to, try to impose in here is the different use. And we're not going to show our exegetical underwear here. But all I'm going to tell you is that the, the different uses of, the, of the, the terms for love here. I know everybody giggle because I, I said underwear. My wife's not feeling good. So, anywho, now I lost my train of thought. I seen this beauty sitting before me. And I just... 
I was talking underwear. That's what, yeah, there we go. So I'm not going to show exegetical underwear here, but what we need to understand is the different terms that are used for love in John's gospel here, they don't have as much significance as like in, in, in Paul's gospel. And what I'm saying is some people say, well, Jesus is talking agape love and Peter's responding phileo, which means Christian love and, and, and a brotherly love. This, um, those two terms here, they're used synonymously. So don't look at the, the, the great depths, and that's where people goes. These great depths that are, that are, that are taking place here. Don't, don't go there. Look what's right here on the surface and look to see what it is that is being communicated here. Because Jesus says to him, do you love me? And he says to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend to my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now, Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Now, Jesus tells him to, to, to uh, feed his lambs. He tells him to tend his sheep. He tells him to feed his sheep. Now, we can look at that. We can understand that what, what, what is taking place here is Jesus is redirecting Peter's thinking. Because Peter is thinking about the three times in which he denied Christ. And Jesus is saying here, let's not focus on that. What's done is done. Let's focus on what I want you to do. Feed my lambs. He's saying those new believers who come in, those new believers who come into our flock, that are born into the flock, you need to feed them. Babies don't feed themselves. He says, you need to feed them. Then he says, tend my sheep. Or that could also mean shepherd my sheep. Sheep are not supposed to roam around wherever they want all on their own. They're an animal that, that needs to be in a flock. Why do we need to be in a flock? To, to, to uh, care and for protection and for direction. And then he says, feed my sheep. Not only keep them in the flock, take care of them. Feed them. Give them what they need. Now when we, we look at this, it, it's, it's important that we see that what, what, what Jesus is doing is he's, he's taking Peter's focus off of what took place in him denying Christ. And he's taking it from the past and he's making it a, 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 a clear um, redirection to the future. So this is where we get redirection and we understand that this puzzle piece and we have to understand that what, 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 what God does and what he is doing here is God redirects his disciples. Understand this now because if you're, you're a believer, we're, we're in this together here. Understand that God redirects his disciples toward future work, not past failures. God redirects his disciples to future work, not past failures. Can you change those past failures? No. God knows that. God's not the one that brings up those nasty things and those stupid, idiotic things in which you've done. That's the devil. The devil wants us to live over here in the past. He wants us to stay focused on the past and what God wants us to do and what Jesus is telling us here is don't focus on that. Focus on what I want you to do. 
live, and you've heard me say this before, live in the potential in which I have designed you for. Too many, too many times, too often, we fall into that being identified by what has happened instead of understanding that we're not identified by what has happened, what we have done in our life. We're identified by the one who paid all of that and says, this is who you're going to be and this is who I want you to be. So, so let that sink in for a second. Let, let this, this understanding um, kind of overwhelm you that even though you've jacked things up, and you all have, I, I'm, I'm there, yeah, I, I'm, I'm there. We, we've made some stupid mistakes. We've done some things. We have, and some people are like, well, I've never done that. We have all denied Christ. We have all, maybe we're not Peter and, and, and say it with our mouth, but we're like the rest of the disciples and we deny him with our actions when we run away. So, so no one is sitting here self-righteous and saying, well, you know, I've never done anything that, that bad. Well, I'll tell you right now, there's this big thing called pride that's in your life right now that we've got to deal with. But it's not, it's not, it's not, not, not um, moping around and saying, oh man, I'm, I'm such a, a sinner. I'm so, I, I, I really, and I know some people have different views on this, that we're sinners saved by grace. Okay, okay, I get it. I understand your theology behind that. But the Bible says that I'm more than a conqueror. That I'm a saint. That I am more, I'm victorious already in everything I do. So I'm not going to be identified by, I'm a sinner saved by grace. That sounds so depressing. My God has conquered Satan's sin and death. I'm going to be the one who, I'm going to live in that. Because if I don't live in the future work, the, the, the past failures are just going to drag you down. We cannot live in those past failures. And I think that that's what, what Jesus is clearly saying to Peter here. Don't live and don't be identified by all of that stuff. Be identified and live in the potential which I have for you. You can have enough to worry about with, with feeding lambs and tending sheep and feeding sheep. You don't have to worry about all that, that, that baggage and that ball and chain here. Because like they, they sung earlier in an awesome way, mind you, Jesus paid it all. All of that's been paid for. How did Jesus go about all of this? How did Jesus go about redirecting Peter's thinking? It was through the relationship in which we had, he had with him. So relationships are a result of a redirection in thinking. Now you have to you have to understand that the 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 relationship that is most important is your relationship with God. Jesus' relationship with or I'm sorry, Peter's relationship with Jesus superseded Peter's relationship with the disciples. Jesus asked, Hey, do you love do you love me more than these? It's not Peter's not saying, or Jesus is not saying to Peter, do you, uh, do you love me more than you love the disciples? That's not what's being said there. Jesus is asking Peter, do you love me more than these disciples love me? Notice Peter could only, he could only answer for himself. We have to understand that because of what Jesus did, our love for him supersedes all other love that we have in our life. Because when it doesn't, that's when our priorities get jacked. 
I love when John Piper says that God's most satisfied, or I'm sorry, God's most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. When we delight in the Lord, we're taking the highest degree of pleasure and satisfaction in Him and what He has done. Because we, like Thomas, need to say, my Lord and my God. Because if not, man, we're just on a boat floating around. Ain't getting anything accomplished. But what we know and everybody needs to take out of here is God has a direction for your life and He wants you to come to Him and He wants you. Now hear me. He wants you to accept that and not be identified by what's already happened. But understand that, man, I got great things ahead. 